The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known it won't be long your life will pass by as a vapor and you will stand before the judgment seat of God and every secret deed and thought every wrinkle every spot will be in view Before the one who knows all things The Lord of Lord and King of Kings You know the one you never knew While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is the shelter from the coming storm Amen Amen All creation shakes At the mention of His name He has power over life and death Every knee will bow and tongue confess Heaven and earth will proclaim That Jesus Christ is Lord To the glory of the Father Will you bow, will you surrender To His majesty He can save you from the might of all your sin the fight in which he stands in perfect victory while you have breath you have a choice to make in life turn away from your sin and believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter from the coming storm While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from all your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter From the coming storm He's the only shelter From the coming storm
Now the sons of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord, so that the Lord gave them into the hands of the Philistines for forty years. There was a certain man whose name was Manoah. His wife was barren. He had borne no children. Now we would expect that we would hear the children of Israel crying out in anguish over the rule of the Philistines. But there is no record in the scripture of the children of Israel crying out against their enemies. Instead, they have accommodated them. They've made peace with them. They have adopted the Baals, the Asherah poles. They have their their worship, and yet they can continue their own sacrifices and their own traditions. Everybody's happy. The Philistines are happy. The Israelites, the people of God, are happy. But God is not happy. And he can't stand what's happening any longer. And so he puts in motion a plan, a Nazarite, like Samuel, except Samson is no Samuel. We need Samuels today who will stand for righteousness and holiness and who won't play the Philistines' game. Now, the only way, after he grows up, after he becomes a prophet of God, he is the judge of Israel, the only way God can begin to move is to create conflict between the prophet, Samson, and the Philistines. And so God does that. And Samson gets really angry. And he pays back the Philistines. He kills a whole lot of them. He creates war. Now, what's interesting is the Philistines decide they're going to have to take this man by force. So they come up and they camp to fight against Israel. Now, this is so unlike every other story in the, in the book of Judges, because, and, and continuing through first and second Samuel, always before a man of God, a woman of God would stand up and say, enough. Now let's blow the trumpet as Gideon did. But that's not to happen. So Samson, He loves his women. He's a lustful man. He goes to Gaza. He finds a prostitute there. He tears apart their gate, walks free. He's so powerful. Everyone is terrified of him. But then he falls in love with a woman. In Judges, the 16th chapter. Her name is Delilah. It means feeble or languishing. And the rulers of the Philistines, knowing that she wants money, come and offer her 1,100 pieces of silver apiece for each of the five rulers of the Philistines if they will find out the secret to the strength of of this prophet of God. And so she begins asking, enticing, begging that he will tell her how he can be subdued. But Samson is so confident of his eternal security. He's so confident of God's 
unconditional love. He's so confident that he plays with God. If you if you bind me with seven fresh cords that have not been dried, then I'll become as weak and be like any other man. The lords of the Philistines brought to her seven fresh cords that had not been dried, and she bound him with them. Now men were lying in wait in the inner room, and she said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he snapped the cords as a string He just broke them apart. They had no power over him. This goes on time after time, three times. And then we come to verse 15. This is Judges 16, verse 15. She said to him, How can you say, I love you? when your heart is not with me. You have deceived me these three times and have not told me where your great strength is. Well, his great strength is in his heart in a covenant, a Nazarite covenant with Almighty God. And now she's demanding that that he uncover his heart to her. And she pressed him daily with her words. He was living with this woman now, pretending that they were married and they were not. He's living in sin. She presses him daily. He becomes so annoyed in his soul Verse 17, so he told her all that was in his heart. Here's the problem. And we're going to walk through it very carefully. We give our heart away. We splinter our heart. And many of you, if not most of you listening to this broadcast today, have been annoyed, and you have been challenged, and you have been seduced, and you have given away a portion of your heart. That place where only God is to rule. Let me read it for you. In Matthew, the 22nd chapter, verse 37. And Jesus was saying to him, You shall love the Lord your God with your whole heart, with your whole soul, and with your whole mind. So in other words, you are to love God with with all of your heart. That is, with your spirit, with the part of you that is inside, that controls your life, with your whole personality, with your soul, who you are, and with your mind, with your whole mind, with your total mind, your total soul, and your total heart. This is the first and great commandment, Jesus said. And the second is like unto it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. But I recognize that we can't love God with our whole heart when we have given away a part of our heart to the lust of the flesh. We can't give away our heart. Samson's heart was not his to give. It belonged to God. He had a sacred covenant with God about his heart. 
And the hair was simply a symbol of that covenant. He was a Nazarite. He was wholly given to God. That's what a Nazarite was. A man totally given over to God as Samuel was. But he had splintered his heart. And now he splinters his heart at the enticement of this wicked woman. She needs money. She's been offered a great deal of money if she will entice Samson to open his heart and give her his heart. And she, in turn, will give his heart to the Philistines. As I begin to look at this and pray and cry out to God, I don't know of any man or woman in our modern day that has not splintered their hearts. That is, who have not given their hearts to multiple people and things and activities. The heart is to love, to love God. It is the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Hence the title today of this broadcast, Please God, Give Me Back My Heart. What is it that you love? What is it that you have given your heart to? Whatever you've given your heart to has taken a piece of you. And now you have to scramble because You don't have a whole heart to give to God. Some of you have given your heart, as one young woman that I have watched, she's given her whole heart to how she looks, her physical appearance. That's most important to her, the way her hair looks, the way her body looks, the way her clothes looks. So she always dresses in a risque manner, a sexually luring manner for young men. She doesn't love God with all of her heart. Another man loves the entertainment of the world. And if he can get out of work, he'll get out of work so he can watch the ball game or he can watch the football or the basketball. One woman I know loves tennis. And so when Wimbledon is being played, she doesn't cook for her family. She lets them know ahead of time, I'm only going to be watching the game. I am not going to be cooking or taking care of the house. You guys take care of yourself until this is over. Her heart is given to tennis. You can give your heart to kayaking or biking. You can give your heart to work. Some of you have given your heart to work, to money, to Baal. Your only interest is making money and building up your supply of stuff. The new car, the new clothes, the new house, the new, 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 new. And so you've splintered your love. And now you come to pray and you can't pray. Why? Because your heart is splintered. He gave his heart to the Philistine woman. She in turn exposed him to the Philistine military. But many of us 
have given our hearts to many, many different things. And so one man will have 20 things he loves. How can he give his heart to God? He can't give his heart to God. He has too many things he loves. So he can go to church. He can even pay tithe, maybe. He can say, I'm a Christian. I follow Jesus. But only half-heartedly. Not with passion. Not with boldness. Not with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Because he's splattered. He's divided. He doesn't have or possess a whole heart. I'm desperately concerned for you and for the American church because we have splintered our hearts in this wicked age where everything wants to entice us. The cell phone, the internet, the movies, the Everything wants to say, hey, hey, hey. They wave their hands at you and say, come on, choose me, choose me. I'll love you. No, they'll give you to the Philistines. I don't think I've ever met a man or a woman who didn't have a splintered heart. My heart was splintered many years ago. I've been crying out to God, please, Lord, give me back my heart. And I've been taking my heart back. I've been identifying areas that that I have loved. And I'm taking my heart back deliberately, piece by piece. You don't just get a whole heart automatically. You have to take that heart back. I love whitewater sailing. I love everything to do with water, whether it's kayaking or diving or snorkeling. But you know what? I've taken my heart back. Biking, hiking, camping. I've taken my heart back. I no longer will give my heart to anything in this world. I've shared this with you before, but just very briefly. At a time when I came to an utter, absolute end of myself. And I was crying out to God at the top of my lungs. And I was saying, I'm going to die. And God spoke and he said, good. I've been waiting for you to die. And I was angry. Look what I've sacrificed for you, O Lord. How can you say that to me? And he said, you were bought at a price. You're not your own. I backed down immediately. I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? He said to me, will you receive from my hand only what I choose to give you? Yes. Turn your television off. I didn't give it to you. I turned the big screen TV off and I took it out and put it in the garbage. You understand? Anything that I have reached out to and loved that has been my comfort, I have and am now reclaiming my heart by the blood of Jesus Christ. I will not give my heart to anything or anybody other than Jesus Christ. 
And when he gives me, as he has, a precious wife, I receive that gift from his hand, from his heart. When he gives me the car or the the, the vacation trip to rest and pray and fast, whatever the Lord gives to me, that is what I will receive. You want power in prayer? Then ask God to give you back your heart. That inner place in your spirit where you finally say, I will not under any circumstances reach out my hand to take what I want. I will not give my heart to any person or to any program. I will not give my heart anywhere except to Jesus Christ. And to him, I will give all my heart. The problem is my heart is not all mine to give. We have to begin breaking vows and alliances. We have to begin breaking habits. Oh, pastor, I just, I just need time. And given time, I'll make the decision to stop doing this or that. Stop it. No, your heart is divided. You can't serve Jesus with a divided heart. You have to reclaim your heart. And it takes careful prayer and fasting and reading the word. It means some friendships will have to end because God didn't give you that friend. That friend is always enticing you into darkness, always seducing you into wickedness. And you've got to say, no, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to watch that movie with you. I'm not going to go to this place with you. I'm not going to go there. And it means... Reclaiming your heart. Now, in the case of Samson, Delilah, in verse 18, this is chapter 16, verse 18, he's told her that a razor's never touched his hair, that from his mother's womb he has been a Nazarite, and that if his hair is cut, he'll be weak like every other man. And when Delilah saw, verse 18, that he had told her all that was in his heart, she sent and called the lords of the of the Philistines, saying, Come up at once, for he has told me all that is in his heart. He has given Delilah his heart. The lords of the Philistines came up to her, brought the money in their hands, she made him sleep on her knees and called for a man. In other words, she put him to sleep on her lap. Then she began to afflict him. And his strength left him. She said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he woke from his sleep and said, I'll go out as at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. And the Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes, and they brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze chains, and he was a grinder in the prison. That is a very accurate description of the American church today. He did not know that the Lord had departed from him. 
we have departed. And he then departed from us. And I'm very sad to say this. I'm heartbroken over it. I've struggled to try to understand this all my life. The absence of the presence of God in the American church and in my own life. I can tell you as I am reclaiming every area where I have splintered my heart, God's power is becoming more and more strong and and a part of my life. The Lord departed from the American church. At the turn of the century, he came in John G. Lake and in others. And many of them began, like Oral Roberts, to play with God's power and God's presence, and he left. And we went to dry, bone-dry orthodoxy and legalism in the church. Azusa Street happened. I praise God for that. But very soon, it was splintered by men who lied to gain their own power and their own strength, like Durham did. And then the Assemblies of God followed him and continued to believe in a sinning Christian that the work of God was all done at the cross and past, present, and future sins have been forgiven and heresies began to sweep into the church, even into the Pentecostal church, the charismatic churches, splintered, and the laughing revival and all the splintering of that. The Philistines seized him and gorged out his eyes. The devil gorged out the eyes of the American church. And we have spread our prosperity gospel, our liberal, woke gospel of the Presbyterians and the I don't want to say it. Even the Anglicans have become woke in many quarters, particularly in England. Our eyes were gorged out. We couldn't see anymore. I have struggled more in my life against blindness than any other single issue. And now I know why I've been blind. I've been blind because my heart was splintered. It did not belong entirely to Jesus. I had other interests. I found comfort in things that you would say, hey, that's, that's innocent. No, it's not. There's nothing innocent about anything the Philistines have to offer. Innocence is only found in Jesus Christ. The greatest task we face in the American church is to reclaim our splintered heart, to take it from the conservative movement. Yes, I said it. Many of you have given your heart to conservatism and you have equated that with the gospel of Jesus. It's not the same. As valid as some of the principles of conservatism is, it is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have given ourselves as an American church to the Philistines and we've had our eyes gouged out. And you've seen what's happening in America right now with 
the Federal Reserve, the central banks, as they create inflation. You've seen what's happening to the price of gas and food and shelter and cars. We live under the rule of the Philistines. And they've gouged our eyes out. So now the American church is bound with bronze chains and we have become grinders in the prison system of the devil. Struggling to earn enough money to pay for our basic necessities. Working one, two, three jobs, just trying to maintain our livelihood and maintain our lifestyle. Many of you are going in debt to credit cards, not knowing that that is a great sin against God. Yes, I use a credit card, but only when I have the money to pay it at the end of the month. When I know the money is there. If I don't have the money, I don't buy it. I've been down that road before. The devil enticed me. So now the church is in trouble. We're considered non-essential by the world. And we have become non-essential because we've had our eyes gouged out. We can't see anymore right and wrong. Our hearts are splintered and we've given our hearts to the luxuries of this world to the programs of this world, to the politics of this world. We've given our hearts to pursue our own interests. And we have we have given way to Delilah, who sold us out to the Philistines. Now the hair of his head began to grow. They held a great feast. And at that great feast, they wanted to see their prisoner perform. And so he was brought out like a monkey to perform for them. There were about 3,000 men and women at at the party. And they were all up on the roof. They had watched Samson. They were eating and drinking and partying. And Samson called to the Lord and said, O Lord God, Please remember me, and please strengthen me just this time, O God, that I may at once avenge the Philistines for my two eyes. But there's something much deeper going on here. O Lord God, give me my eyes back. O Lord God, give me my heart back. I gave it away. I need my heart back. He has no power until he has the heart of God. He renews his covenant with Almighty God. He gives his heart wholly to the Lord. That's why in the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter, he's included with the saints who will be in heaven. And so Samson begs God to remember him and to restore his heart. Now, please, you need to beg God like I am, that God will restore our eyesight, that he will restore our hearts, that we can do whatever is necessary in the service of Almighty God to defeat the Philistines, to defeat the angry wickedness of the devil. Oh, oh, Lord, God, please remember me and please strengthen me. <laughs> Do you need that strengthening today? Have you allowed your heart to be splintered with the world 
the flesh, and the devil? Is your heart splintered? Some of you, I know what you're saying. You're saying, oh, pastor, don't be so radical. I love Jesus. But I'm not going to do what he calls me to do. I'm going to just be a regular Christian. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to give my tithes and my offerings. But I have a divided heart. And I like it that way. Because if I gave my heart wholly to God, I would have to risk my whole life. I'd have to give up things that I love. I'd have to give up people that I love. Don't ask me to do that, Pastor. Don't ask me to give away what I treasure. I've worked a whole lifetime for this. I don't want to I don't want to be old and poor. Will you today make a decision to reclaim your splintered heart? And ask God to strengthen you. And to ask God to please remember you. And rescue you from this place of destruction. This place of a divided heart. Remember Jesus said, In the Sermon on the Mount, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, look what we did for you. And what does Jesus say? Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I don't know you. Who's he talking to? He's talking to Christian people who have a divided heart, who never bothered to regain their eyesight who never bothered to cry out to God to fast and to pray and to get serious about reclaiming their hearts. Some of you have given your hearts to drugs, some to alcohol, some to sexual uncleanness. Some of you are living with somebody you're not married to or you're deep in pornography. You have a divided heart. Some of you are working two or three jobs just trying to maintain your American lifestyle. You have a divided heart. You don't believe. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and my righteousness and all these things will be added to you. You don't believe that. You believe you've got to pay that debt off and you've got to do this and you've got to do that. I remember many, many years ago, my wife and I were $70,000 in credit card debt and we couldn't pay it. We laid all the bills out before the Lord and we prayed over each one and confessed that we had sinned against Almighty God and we asked him, Lord, would you pay this back? And we had no job. We had no income. We had no church. We were homeless. And the Lord answered our prayer. We called each creditor and we made arrangements for a $50 payment a month. All but one accepted. And then we prayed and prayed and prayed, asking God to send that money. And miraculously, every month, people who we had no idea they even knew we were about would give us money and say, This is to cover your living. And we would pay that debt until finally one day, it was the year 2000, January 2000, we were debt-free. I've never been in debt again, and I'll never be in debt again. I had to reclaim that splintered part of my life, that financial part, and say, Lord, you're my ruler. Well, Samson grabs a hold of the pillars. You know the story. 
and God restored his covenant of the Nazarite, totally taking his heart. And he pulled that structure down and killed some 3,000 Philistines. But the glory is immediately he went to Abraham's bosom because he had a whole heart. He had a whole heart. In the minutes we have left, I want to read one more scripture to you. It's found over here in 1 John, not the Gospel of John, in the first book of John. I'm going to read to you from chapter 2, verse 15. You must not, and in the Greek it is a command, do not, must not, love the world, neither the things in the world. If anyone may love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Because every conceivable thing which is in the world, now this is what is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the conceit of life, the pride of life. It's not out of the Father, but it's out of the world. So the world is passing away and the lust of it, but the one doing the will of God continues into the age. You want to live? You want to be saved? Forget your foolishness saying, I made a decision and I'm now saved and I'm on my way to heaven while you have a splintered heart. God will not renew his covenant with you as long as your heart is divided. He demands a whole heart, a whole soul, a whole mind given to Jesus. And then anything he wants to give to you, he will give to you out of the grace and mercy of his kindness for you whether it's a job or a house or a car, whether it's provision, whatever it is that he needs to give you, he will give you. He will order your steps. He will open your path before you, but only if you have a whole heart. And I know today, most of you do not have a whole heart. And I say most only because I know my heart is not yet whole. He's doing it. He's healing my heart. I am submitting to the healing power of God for a whole heart. And he's instructing me and and washing me and cleansing me so that I am determined to be only given to God to not be given to Delilah's. Oh, Delilah's are so beautiful and so seductive and so warm and cuddly and say, come on, come on, come on. No, 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 no. I will serve the living God of heaven and I will not allow my heart in any manner again to be splintered. I want a whole heart, a whole mind, a whole soul to give unto the Lord Jesus Christ. (laughs) Do you have a whole heart? Or do you have a, a divided heart, a splintered heart? Has Delilah seduced you with her, with her money, with her beauty, with her enticements? Some of you have given your heart to your pets, 
to your dogs or your cats. Some of you have given your heart to people. Some of you have given your hearts to witchcraft, to novels, to romance novels, to pornography, to uncleanness, to lying, to cheating, to stealing, to arrogance and pride, to bitterness and anger. You've got to reclaim your heart by the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, my brother, my sister, let's pray. Oh, Lord, I cry out today for my brothers and sisters. I cry out for the American church that has had its eyes gouged out and it's been taken to the prison. And now we barely eke out an existence. And we've done that with foolishness, with worldliness, piling up the brush as high as we can to make a bonfire to say, I'm somebody, I'm important. No, Lord, you're important. And I come pleading today that you would convict my brothers and my sisters of any way their heart is still splintered. And even as you're doing with me, would you remember us, O Lord? Would you strengthen us, O Lord, my God? Will you remember us and strengthen us that by your grace and by your mercy we could have our heart back that it would be ours to give to you? Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. I pray in your mighty name. Amen. I hope this has been helpful to you today. Would you subscribe to our channel? The last days we've had a number of people drop off because they don't like these messages, and that's okay. They'll come back after they get enough of the world. But would you subscribe to our YouTube channel? And you can write to me at National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. You're welcome also to come and worship with us on Sunday. Go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. nationalprayerchapel.com. You can give online. You can find the information for where we meet in Woodbridge, Virginia. You're welcome to come. If your heart if you want it whole again and you're willing to do what's necessary to repent before Almighty God. God bless you. I love you. I'll talk to you soon.